Comus, a mask presented at Ludlow Castle, 1634. Words by John Milton, the original songs by Henry Laws, with dance music by William Laws, directed by Heather Davies, with Roger Honeywell as the demon or attendant spirit, Paul Hopkins as Comus, Bethany Gillard as the lady, Tracy Ryan as the elder brother, Beryl Bain as the second brother, and Tahiri Vishdani as Sabrina. The musicians in Ordinary String Band is Patricia Ahern, second violin, Felix Deek, viola da gamba on the tenor part, and Laura Jones, viola da gamba on the bass part, all led by Christopher Verrett, first violin. John Edwards plays Theorbo in the string band and to accompany the songs. Deanne Williams was the dramaturge. Matt Antal was the audio producer, and Paul Hopkins was the associate producer. John Edwards was the producer. This recording was made with the support of York University, the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada, the Killam Trust, the SPEM in Allium Fund of the Toronto Foundation, and individual donors. Part 2 of Comus.
Nay, lady, sit. If I but wave this wand, your nerves are all chained up in alabaster, and you a statue, or as Daphne was, root-bound that fled Apollo. Fool, do not boast. Thou canst not touch the freedom of my mind with all thy charms, although this corporal rind thou hast emanacled, while heaven sees good. Why are you vexed, lady? Why do you frown? Here dwell no frowns, nor anger. From these gates, sorrow flies far. See, here be all the pleasures that fancy can beget on youthful thoughts, when the fresh blood grows lively and returns brisk as the April buds in primrose season. At first, behold this cordial julep here, that flames and dances in his crystal bounds with spirits of balm and fragrant syrups mixed. Not that Nepenthes, which the wife of Thone in Egypt gave to Jove-born Helena, is of such power to stir up joy as this, to life so friendly or so cool to thirst. Poor lady, thou hast need of some refreshing that has been tired all day without repast and timely rest has wanted. Here, fair virgin, this will restore all soon. Twill not, false traitor. Twill not restore the truth and honesty that thou hast banished from thy tongue with lies. Was this the cottage and the safe abode thou toldst me of? What grim aspects are these, these ugly-headed monsters? Mercy, guard me! Hence, with thy brood enchantments, foul deceiver! Were it a draught for Juno when she banquets, I would not taste thy treasonous offer. None but such as are good men can give good things, and that which is not good is not delicious to a well-governed and wise appetite. Oh, foolishness of men that lend their ears to those budge doctors of the stoic fur and fetch their precepts from the cynic tub, praising the lean and sallow abstinence. Wherefore did nature pour her bounties forth with such a full and unwithdrawing hand, covering the earth with odors, fruits, and flocks, thronging the seas with spawn innumerable, but all to please? and sate the curious taste, and set to work millions of spinning worms that in their green shops weave the smooth-haired silk to deck her sons, and that no corner might be vacant of her plenty. In her own loins she hutched the all-worshipped ore and precious gems to store her children with. If all the world should, in a pet of temperance, feed on pulse, drink the clear stream, and nothing where but freeze, the all-giver would be unthanked, would be unpraised, not half his riches known and yet despised. And we should serve him as a grudging master, as a penurious niggard of his wealth, and live like nature's bastards, not her sons who would be quite surcharged with her own weight and strangled with her waste fertility. The earth cumbered and the winged air darked with plumes, the herds would overmultitude their lords, the sea or fraught would swell, and the unsought diamonds would so emblaze with stars that they below would grow inured to light 
and come at last to gaze upon the sun with shameless brows. I had not thought to have unlocked my lips in this unhallowed air, but that this juggler would think to charm my judgment as my eyes, obtruding false rules pranked in reason's garb. I hate when vice can bolt her arguments and virtue has no tongue to check her pride. Imposter! Do not charge most innocent nature as if she would her children should be riotous with her abundance. She, good cateress, means her provision only to the good that live according to her sober laws and holy dictate of spare temperance. If every just man that now pines with want had but a moderate and beseeming share of that which lewdly pampered luxury now heaps upon some few with vast excess, nature's full blessing would be well dispensed in unsuperfluous even proportion, and she no whit encumbered with her store. And then the giver would be better thanked, his praise due paid, for swinish gluttony ne'er looks to heaven amidst his gorgeous feasts, but with besotted base ingratitude crams and blasphemes his feeder. Come, no more. This is mere moral babble and direct against the canon laws of our foundation. I must not suffer this, yet tis but the lees and settling of a melancholy blood. But this will cure all straight. One sip of this will bathe the drooping spirits in the light beyond the bliss of dreams. Be wise and taste. What? Have ye left the false enchanter scape? Oh, ye mistook, ye should have snatched his wand and bound him fast. Without his rod reversed and backward mutters of dissevering power, we cannot free the lady that sits here in stony fetters fixed and motionless. Yet stay, be not disturbed. Now I bethink me some other means I have that may be used, which once of Milobaeus old I learnt, the soothest shepherd that e'er piped on plains. There is a gentle nymph not far from hence that with moist curb sways the smooth severn stream. Sabrina is her name, a virgin pure, Willem she was the daughter of Locrine, who had the scepter from his father brute. She, guiltless damsel, flying the mad pursuit of her enraged stepdam Gwendolyn, commended her fair innocence to the flood that stayed her flight with his cross-flowing course. The water nymphs that in the bottom played held up their pearled wrists and took her in, bearing her straight to aged Nereus Hall, who, piteous of her woes, reared her lank head and gave her to his daughters to embathe in nectared lavers strewed with asphodel and through the porch and inlet of each sense dropped in ambrosial oils till she revived and underwent a quick immortal change, made goddess of the river. Still she retains her maiden gentleness, and oft at eve visits the herds along the twilight meadows, helping all urchin blasts and ill luck signs that the shrewd meddling elves delight to make, for which the shepherds at their festivals carol her goodness loud in rustic lays, and throw sweet garland wreaths into her stream of pansies, pinks, and gaudy daffodils. And as the old swain said, 
She can unlock the clasping charm and thaw the numbing spell if she be right invoked in warbled song. For maidenhood she loves and will be swift to aid a virgin such as was herself in hard besetting need. This will I try and add the power of some adjuring verse. Sabrina fair, listen where thou art sitting under the glassy pool, translucent wave, in twisted braids of lilies knitting the loose train of thy amber dropping Listen for dear honor's sake, goddess of the silver lake. Listen, listen and say. Listen and appear to us in the name of great Oceanus by the earth-shaking Neptune's mace and Tethys' grave majestic pace. By hoary Nereus' wrinkled look and the Carpathian wizard's hook. By scaly Triton's winding shell and old soothsaying Glauca's spell. By Leucothea's lovely hands and her son that rules the strands. By Theta's tinsel-slippered feet and the songs of Siren sweet. By dead Parthenope's dear tomb and fair Ligeia's golden comb, wherewith she sits on diamond rocks, sleeking her soft, alluring locks. By all the nymphs that nightly dance, upon thy streams with wily glance, rise, rise, and heave thy rosy head from thy coral-paven bed, and bridle in thy headlong wave till thou our summons answered have. Listen and save! Goddess dear, we implore thy powerful hand to undo the charmed band of true virgin here distressed through the force and through the wile of unblessed enchanters vile. Shepherd, tis my office best to help ensnared chastity. Brightest lady, look on me. 
Thus I sprinkle on this breast drops that from my fountain pure I have kept of precious cure. Thrice upon thy finger's tip, thrice upon thy rubied lip. Next, this marble venomed seat, smeared with gums of glutinous heat, I touch with chaste palms moist and cold. Now the spell hath lost his hold, and I must haste ere morning hour to wait in Amphitrite's bower. Virgin daughter of Locrine, sprung of old Anchises' line, may thy brimmed waves for this their full tribute never miss from a thousand pretty rills that tumble down the snowy hills. Summer drought or singed air never scorch thy tresses fair, nor wet October's torrent flood thy molten crystal fill with mud. May thy billows roll ashore, the barrel and the golden oar. May thy lofty head be crowned with many a tower and terrace round, and here and there thy banks upon with groves of myrrh and cinnamon. Come, sister, while heaven lends us grace, let us fly this cursed place, lest the sorcerer us entice with some other new device. Not a waste or needless sound till we come to holier ground. I shall be your faithful guide through this gloomy covert wide, and not many furlongs thence is your father's residence, where this night are met in state many a friend to gratulate his wished presence, and beside all the swains that near abide with jigs and rural dance resort. We shall catch them at this sport, and our sudden coming there will double all their mirth and cheer. Come, let us haste, the stars are high, but night sits monarch yet in the mid-sky. Till the next sunshine holiday. Here be without duck or nod are the trippings to be trod. Of light at toes and such god guise as Mercury did fast devise with the mincing dryades o'er the lawns and o'er the leads. Noble lord and lady I have brought you new delight. 
behold, so goodly grown, three fair branches of your own. Heaven hath timely tried their youth, their faith, their patience, and their truth, and send them here through hard assays with a crown of deathless praise to triumph in victorious dance for sensual folly and intemperance.
my task is smoothly done. I can fly or I can run quickly to the earth's green end, where the boat welcomes load of land, and from thence can soar as soon to the corners of the moon. Mortals that would follow me love virtue, she alone is free. She can teach you how to climb higher than the sphere chime. For if virtue feeble were, her itself would stoop to That was part two of Comus. The soft music at the beginning, as the lady is stuck to her chair, is a pavan in D minor by William Laws. The music for Sabrina's song was assembled from other songs by Henry Laws, by John Edwards and Hallie Fisher. The country dances were Morris dances from the old version of William Laws Royal Concerts from sets numbers five and six. The dances for the mask proper were Almond's 1 and 2, Courant 1, Almond 3, Courant 2, and the Saraband from set number 9 of the Royal Concerts. Thanks to Tom Bishop, to Jennifer Francisco for logistics, and Hallie Fischel for developing the songs. You can find out more about this and other of our projects at musiciansinordinary.ca, where you'll also find a link to where you can support these projects with a donation.